All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fuckadelics? You know who you are. What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not recording from my garage. Or maybe you can't tell. Maybe the mic is so good and so perfect, and my producer is so talented that you think I'm talking from home, but I'm not. Have the levels okay? Can you hear me all right? Are my levels okay? I've been having a hard time with levels. Certainly in my life, in my real life, my levels are always a little off. They're a little too loud generally. People say I'm yelling. I'm not yelling. I'm just, I'm just talking uh, um, succinctly and powerfully with impact. Not yelling. Expressing myself. Does this sound like yelling? This is not yelling. Are the levels Okay. But the problem has not been that. It's been that my levels are too low. Maybe I'm scaring my tape machine. Maybe I'm actually intimidating my flash recorder. That, my, that It doesn't know if I'm yelling either. And it's making decisions on its own. It's like, this, this is a little too much for me. I'm going to have to take this down a notch. And it's doing it. It's undermining me. My flash recorder is being passive-aggressive. That's not possible because I got control of the knob right now. I could blow it out if I wanted to. I could show this recorder who's boss. Anyway, I'm in New York, New York City. I'm uh, looking over Third Avenue and looking over a table where Sarah Kane, the painter, is eating vegetable sushi quietly, though we did have to take a minute off mic as she wrestled with the plastic container. That's not good audio, but uh, but she's doing that, gingering the roll right now, as they say in the professional sushi trade. Some people do the ginger as a palate cleanser. Some people, like Sarah, just put it right on the sushi and add to it. I personally am a palate cleanser, ginger guy, put a little wasabi on there. It's not that I don't have anything to say. It's just that I'm sitting here in a hotel room trying to enjoy life it's not easy all the time the enjoying life thing there's a lot of pressing issues i i imagine some of you just got through christmas and now are entering the hanukkah element some of you were involved with the hanukkah situation some of you uh did the christmas thing i'm actually recording this a day or two before christmas so i don't know what we're all going to go through i don't know what happens in the future i hope this goes up I hope you're hearing this on Monday because that means we got through it. Every day is like that now and it hasn't happened yet. But, you know, I'm dealing with a, you know, a sort of you know, mild to intense uh, Trump-related anxiety uh, that is either escalated by engaging with the news cycle or with certain friends. Different levels of panic. I know some of you are just, perhaps not many of you who listen to this sitting at home just grateful at the change that has happened but many of us not so much uh, aggressively skeptical vigilantly apprehensive is the uh, another way i would put it so today we're going to do sort of a profile in uh in in somewhat uh, struggle and sadness in a way it's thematic for this show but uh, i talked to sammy shore in las vegas a few months ago i went out to las vegas <laughs> it always reminds me when I say that of that Lenny Bruce bit where he's imitating a bad Vegas 
comedy. I was just in Lost Wages, Nevada. Anyway, that said, I went out there. Sammy Shore, the patriarch of the foot of the Shore family, the ex-husband of the uh, Empress of Comedy, Mitzi Shore, the the original owner of the comedy store before it got famous, uh, has a story to tell, but not a story of success, my friends. He's an old timer. He was a one-time partner to Shecky Green in a comedy team. He was a one-time opener for Elvis Presley. He was that guy. He was a he was a guy. He was on the cusp. He was an act. He was a known quantity in certain circles a live performer a showman from the old school but never surfaced you don't know him but some of you didn't know shelly berman some of you didn't know marty allen some of you didn't know uh some of the other old timers i've had on here but sammy's a different story sammy is the father of paulie and peter and sandy and scott i'm sure you guys know paulie i know peter and paulie (laughs) but Their mother is Mitzi, who comes up frequently on this show because she is the one that started and built and made the comedy store what it was and and the legacy of it lives on. Still the best club in Los Angeles. I highly recommend you take a trip into the uh, belly of the dark beast. That is the comedy store. It maintains its integrity as a place of authenticity and uh, risk and adventure on the comedic stages. But... Sammy Shore's life, Sammy Shore lost the store in a divorce settlement, basically gave it to her. I think he might have some regret about that. But uh, in my mind, before talking to him, I'd always heard of him. I always knew he was this comic. It always played into the mythology that that Mitzi Shore wrestled away the store from this this uh comic husband who did her wrong and built it into this thing, and Sammy was exiled out into the deserts of show business, that being Vegas. And a lot of that is true. And you're going to hear it here. You're going to hear it. Buttress your hearts. (laughs) Hold on to your seats for a tale of not quite success. You know, I've been entrenched in some way or another, either uh, uh, mystically or actually physically in the dynamics of the comedy store for what seems like half my life. It's held a, a, a very, at sometimes at once, dark place in my psyche and now a place of uh, excitement and light. It's interesting how things change. As you get older, something's got to be good, right? Something's got, it doesn't end well for anybody. Something's got to be good. You got to wrestle and snatch a little bit of peace and happiness out of the jaws of life. I'm being dramatic. I'm about to go see Othello. Maybe I'm just preparing. I came out here uh, to go to New Jersey. I had some business in Jersey I had to take care of. I'm going to leave it at that. You'll hear it. What else is happening, you guys? I'm eating too much. It's the holidays. A lot of cookies. A lot of fuck it cookies. Did anyone else make those? Christmas fuck it cookies? (laughs) Someone better call some cookies that. What kind of cookies are these? Fuck it. How many did you eat? Fuck you. The fuck it, fuck you cookies. What? How? Jesus, what'd you eat over the holidays? Maybe you should start exercising. Shut the fuck up. How about a fuck it cookies? Fuck you. There you go. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Hope you're getting your presents. I just went and had, uh, had some lunch with my, uh, with my buddy Sam Lipsight, the genius. Genius writer. 
But yeah, why not throw a plug out for Sam? Go read Sam's book. He wants some darkly funny, beautiful novels. His his last book, The Ask, is a wonderful book. Uh, and uh, The Subject Steve, an early novel, great homeland, amazing. I love Sam Lipsight, and he's my buddy, and we don't see each other enough. It's a very weird thing as you get older. I don't know how old you are or how many friends you have. Me, I know exactly how, how old I am and exactly how many friends I have. I'm 53 years old, and I have three friends. That's not true. I have a lot of friends, but you know the kind I'm talking about where you're like, we got we to sit down and do the friend business, not the everyday friend. You know, not the guy you're sort of like, what's going on? You want to have uh, lunch today? No, you're doing a thing. All right, maybe tomorrow. Not that guy. I don't have too many of those guys. But Sam and I, go. we go back and we go deep. And when we meet, when we hook up, there's things to be solved. There's problems to be solved and salved. Things need to be solved and things need ointment. You know, that kind of friendship. And when you let it go for a few months, a year, you sit down and you get at it. Two men talking about sadness and some joy and some thoughts about things. But it, well, I guess my point is, as you get older and you, you're able to sort of see the arc of your conversations, you know, from 20 years ago to now. And, you, you know, when you're younger and you go into a restaurant in New York, New York's very specific like this because, you know, every other dude, every other person in this town is sort of someone who, who has clearly been here a long time and now they're just old, but they haven't told their clothing that. But you go... <laughs> You cracking up over there? You just being an audience of one in the corner? I'm talking to uh, Sarah, who's not heckling me, but is trying not to laugh out loud as she looks out the window. And she's not easy to make laugh. I only make her laugh with my show. In real life, very difficult. Everything's very serious, very earnest. But clearly, she enjoys my sense of humor when she listens to me when I'm not around. And this is one of those rare times where I'm performing live for her. So what was I talking about? Sad old men eating lunch? That's right. Let's get back to that. <laughs> no, but uh, I guess my point is that I hope that if you have friendships, you, you, you appreciate them. Like I, I made a point today because the sad thing about having a, you know, a friend for a long time is when you don't talk to each other enough and there's absolutely no fucking excuse for that. Like I can text anybody in the world. I can tweet people. I can email like, like everyone knows where everybody is at all times. Point is, I said to Sam, I said, this is crazy. You know, if you got no one to talk to, or you want to talk to me specifically for fuck's sake, let's talk. I mean, what do you think I'm doing with my life? Like, do you ever think about how many people you actually talk to anymore? It's like you text them. Maybe you email them. Maybe you're in, in touch with them, but you know, sometimes you got to talk. And me and Sam do it in person, but like I just told him, I said, look, we got to stay in touch more. I mean, just text me and ask me what's up. I mean, these are, we're heading into tough times. We better be there for each other. Am I right? Now I'm going to share with you the conversation I had with Sammy Shore in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. Look, man, here's the thing you might be talented. You might be good at what you do. You might want things in your life. You might have dreams and all that and working towards them. But sometimes, sometimes it doesn't all sync up. 
But that doesn't mean that you're a failure. Doesn't mean that you didn't try your hardest. Doesn't mean you have to be bitter. It means two things. Be happy with what you do. Three things. Be happy with what you do. Keep trying or give it up. (laughs) Let it go. That's my pre-New Year message. I'll change it. I'll change it for New Year's. I'm just going to go back and forth on stuff. Hold on. Oh. Oh, that's nice. I got a text from my mommy. Yeah, she's uh, she's been very uh, supportive lately. It's good. <laughs> at least she's showing up here at the, towards the, in, in the last quarter. She's going to give it up. She's going to give it up a little bit. I love my mommy. I hope you love your mommy. Is that weird? Can we, uh, what am I doing? Can we, can we just get to the talk already? All right. This is me and Sammy Shore in Las Vegas, Nevada. So where the hell, you know, I've talked to a couple of guys of your generation. I talked to Marty. I talked to Norman Lear. I talked to uh, Jonathan Winters. I talked to, uh, who else have I talked to the old time? Oh, Shelly Berman I talked oh, to. Yeah. I went to his house. I hear he's, his mental health is not what he used to be, but I, I got him on a good day. He likes to collect knives. Did you know that about Shelly Berman? Nice. He's got knives all over the place yeah. in cases. But he was yeah. a Chicago guy. You started yeah. in Chicago? Yeah, I started on Chicago, yeah. But not with him. Right. Before or after? Before him. Yeah, yeah. So what was, uh, like, how did you... Are we, are we on or what? Sure, yeah. We're on? Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't you tell me we were on? That's not the way I do it. Well, how do you I do it? I slip it in. I slip <laughs> it in and we're just going. But, like, the Chicago comedy scene, I've talked to, uh, who else? Like, what was going on up there? How did your family end up in Chicago? Well, <clears throat> I got married in Chicago. The fir- To Mitzi? Mitzi, Yes. But before that, before that, your 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 folks, like what what was the story? What were the Jews like in Chicago? What were the Jews like in Chicago? Yeah, yeah. They were like Jews like today. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind yeah. of business was your father in? My father's in a used furniture store. Oh, he did, yeah. Hyman Shore and Sons. Hyman Shore and Sons. Yeah. yeah. Did you work at the store? Yeah, I I helped my dad. Yeah, I was there for a while. How many brothers yeah. and sisters do you have? I had three three brothers. Did they end up taking over the business? No, no. My father uh, <clears throat> sold the business later on when he couldn't work anymore. Uh-huh. And uh, no, my brother drove a cab and one became a cop. And Bernard stayed with my father. Uh, he was just not well. So Are they all are gone? Yeah, or? yeah they're all dead now. Yeah. And and what made you, how did you start into, into getting involved? Were you into music first? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of in the music. Kind of, I got into I got into music, trumpet playing. I was a trumpet player. I used to go to my dad. I said, "I dad, would you give me two dollars for my trumpet lesson?" He said, "I gave you the two dollars." <laughs> I said, "Pot, it was for last week's lesson." He said, "You couldn't learn last week." <laughs> he so, was just angry, pissed off all the time. Said, all it always something. And what about your mother? My mother was just the sweetest lady in the world. <laughs> She got me everything I wanted. She stole money out of his pocket so she could buy me steaks. Oh, you know, she was yeah. a, just a wonderful woman. Yeah. I, I miss her. She was oh. just, just a great, great, great woman. It's she good was, to have that memory, right? Yeah, that's it. That's the only one I have. 
And uh, yeah. when you were doing trumpet, what was the scene though? Were you in the big band music? No, no. What? I went. I I started. I was I was twelve, thirteen years old. Yeah. And I started taking trumpet lessons, and I got fairly good. Then I was in the high school band, fourth right. fourth trumpet. Right. And uh, and then I became a trumpet player with the local bands. And then what was it? Big um, band music at the yeah, time. Yeah, kind of, kind of. The high school was a big band. Yeah. Uh, and the bands that I worked in were just five piece, six piece, you know, playing popular and, yeah, music, just, like yeah, dance music. Yeah, just you know, we'd work a weekend at a, at a joint. And yeah, then I was always the second or third trumpet player. You know, I was never the first trumpet player, <laughs> and I was pissed off at that. You know, <laughs> did you have the chops to be first? Yeah, I had good chops, but I just couldn't get it together for myself. Did you like I, the jazz life? Did you like playing? Yes, I like I like I like the jazz life. Uh, I liked that a lot. Yeah, and I just couldn't get with it. I couldn't. No, No, okay, No, You're always a but up up off. <laughs> One off. I couldn't get. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get the the jazz beat. I couldn't get it. Uh, I just had to stay with the corny junk crap that I did. Yeah, that I was given to to read. And right, music. right, right, right. Couldn't and, riff. You couldn't yeah, riff. No, no, I couldn't riff. No, yeah, no, not at all. So when did you start? Uh, when did you know that you were you were funny? What time is it? Yeah, you know, this morning. Two <laughs> fifty. <laughs> about two ten. Ten minutes ago. I was in high school. Yeah. And I was in the high school plays. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I was just funny, just a funny kid. Yeah, the timing. Yeah, just the timing. Yeah. I had the timing. Yeah. And I had a good lip. Yeah. And I could read, so I worked with you know, four or five piece orchestras around the around the city. And then some. Once I work with a, uh, a Tony Pareto, I Pirello or whatever his name was, a great trumpet player. Uh -huh. He had a band, a big band. He put me in. I played fourth trumpet, and that's where I stayed. Yeah. Fourth trumpet. Yeah, was it for me? Yeah. And what about the? When did you start? Did you ever do any uh, comedy when you were with the band? No, I didn't do do nothing. I didn't, just played just played music. I tried to be funny with the band and, and told you to leave the same shit up. You know, <laughs> no jokes. Read the, read the notes. Just read the notes. And and who? What inspired you to start doing uh, to do com uh, comedy? Well, I got to be about twenty, twenty, nineteen, twenty, yeah. twenty-one. I was just just a funny kid. Just a funny kid. What were you working somewhere? Did you no, have a job? No, I got I got a job at Oakton Manor Resort in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. What is now? Oakton, what is that? Was that a Jewish that a resort? resort? Yeah, a regular resort, a Wisconsin resort that catered to people from Chicago. How'd you get that gig? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lou Pollock was a night. Uh, was a, a clothier. Yeah, and I worked in his clothing, so I used to make the customers laugh. Right. He said, "Sammy, you're not selling any clothes. You're making the people laugh." I mean, get you know. Yeah. Let me see if I can get you up at Oakton Manor Resort. And that was the place. Is outside was of place, Chicago? Yes. Was it mostly ninety miles outside of Chicago? And it was like a Catskills type of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's that was it. That was it. Like the all Chicago Jewish, version. Yes, always, always, all Jewish people. Uh huh. And I used to hear about Shecky. People, Shecky customers, Green. Yeah, people used to come and say, "Do you know Shecky Green?" I said, "No, no. Boy, he's a funny guy. 
He's a real funny guy. You should have him come up here. He'd be, he'd be really funny. You used to hear about him at the at the resort? Yes, yes. From people that lived on his side of town. But you didn't know him? I didn't know him, no. You didn't never seen him? That, never seen him, never seen him work. Who were the and comics the, working up there? What were you doing up there when he first got the gig? Were you just, uh, were you? I was a social director. Oh, okay. I did everything. Right, right, The right. bowling, the this, the that. But the, they had comics coming yeah, up. No, no, I was the only comic they had. So you, but it wasn't uh, a show. So, no, wait a second. Yeah. You're rushing me. Man. I'm sorry, buddy. Okay. Take it easy. I'm sorry. Okay. You kiss my ring? Yeah, no, please. Okay. Oh, you no. don't have it. No, you I forgot I the ring. I God just bought my it. wife a Didn't ring. Didn't Elvis give you a ring? No, I got bought my wife a beautiful diamond ring. You did? Suzanne? No, she left. Oh, she She's left. She's hawking the ring. Oh, I bought her a $5,000 diamond ring. Oh, that's beautiful. nice. Yeah. A kind of a marriage kind of a thing. Oh, good. Anyways. Yeah. So, all I heard was Shecky. Yeah. Shecky Green, Shecky yeah. Green. One day, the Greyhound bus pulls up in front of the resort. Yeah. Off comes this blonde kid, kind of built with a suitcase. I says, oh, shit, it's Jackie Green. It was, it was Jackie Green. Yeah. He came over to me and says, where's, where's Sid Schinderman? I said, he's uh, in, in the main lodge over there. Uh, Are you Jackie Green? He said, yeah, so what? I, I got to talk to Schinderman. Are you going to work here? Well, I don't know yet. He was always pissed off. <laughs> so... Already. Then all of a sudden, over the loudspeaker, I heard the voice, Sammy Shore, come to the main building to see Sid Schinderman. Yeah. I says, oh, this is it. <laughs> and he says, Sam, I want you to meet Shecky Green. Uh-huh. Shecky Greenfield, actually. Shecky Green. I said, oh, hi. You two are going to be partners. You're going to see him. You're teaming up with Shecky. And Shecky looked at me like, oh, God. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. He, was, he didn't actually like that. Right. So we, we teamed up, and we, 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 uh, we wrote a song. We're the boys from Oakton, and we've come to, to play. That Oakton treats you in the finest way. You don't want to go to Schwartz's? No. <laughs> you know, it was Schwartz's. A, a crazy song. Is that the other place? Yeah. And then we teamed up, and we wrote stuff, and we went out. Two nights a week, and we did our show at the and resort. It was, at the, it was terrific. Yeah, we were just sensational, and were and people kept hearing about us and kept packing the resort, kept packing it, and we was doing more business with us there. Were you the, doing a variety show? Song, a variety dance? show. Yeah. yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Sammy Shaw and Shecky Green. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're the boys from Oakton, and we come right. out right the song, and then go. And did you set him up? Were you the yeah. straight guy? Yeah, I was sort of the straight guy. Uh huh. And then we, when I did bits, he did he did straight, and then we we just mixed it up. Yeah, yeah. And then we met a wealthy lady. Yeah. Her name was I forgot her name, but she was a wealthy lady. Mm -hmm. And she had a wealthy husband. Yeah. And she said, "We were, you guys are ready for New York. We were not ready for New York. And what did that mean to you at that time? Where, where would you go to New York? They were going to take you and put oh, you no, up? Oh, no, she was going to get an agent. Yeah. A big agent. Right. GAC. She had a friend there. Yeah. And he was going to get me a room, a room in New York for both of us and to appear there. Yeah. So we said, oh, wow, check it. We're going to New York. Oh, yeah. What are you guys, like 25? No, about Shecky was 22 and I was 21. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy Kids. Kid is right. Kids. So yeah, you go kids. to New York? So we went to New York. Yeah. We're the boys from Oakton and we've come to say that Oakton treat. No. 
They were not. They did not treat us in the finest way. Get them off. You're doing Chicago shtick. Yes, the thing we did at the resort. Right. We're doing that there, and we bombed. And and the, you're young too. Yeah, we're young kids. Yeah, we're just they came over to us and said, "You guys stink. Ugh. You guys are not, forget about the it. worst. Yeah, we're out, you're out of here. Too bad. Yeah, and that was it. Then Checky got sick. We had a suite at one of the big hotels there. Like the plaza or I had something? A, yeah, I had a suite. He had a suite. And uh, Milton, the, the the husband of the lady that took us there, yeah. he was with her, you know. He was came to see the show and all that. Don't worry about it. We'll get something else. Don't worry about it. We're gonna, you're going to be fine. And I, I felt terrible. It was just, you know, we were just, um, we weren't ready for New York. We weren't even ready for... Uh, Oakton Manor Resort. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you were kids. You had a we summer just, job almost. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, and we just we did what we had to do, and the people liked. They loved us, so we stayed about a year at Oakton. You went. You left Oakton. New York. You licked your wounds. Right. You went back. Uh, yeah, we and went both back you to, and Checky went back. Yeah, and and a, and a guy drowned on us. What do you mean? Well, we were so we were swimming instructors too. We had to watch the pool. You had a pool in the place, so I would I would be upstairs doing whatever it was, and Checky would be watching the pool. Yeah, and Checky would go and watch upstairs and do something. And then one day I went up. Both of us went up, and we were gone. And the lady kept screaming, "Someone's drowning! Someone's drowning! Hurry up! Hurry! Someone's drowning!" <clears throat> so Checky and I came back down the stairs. Into the pool. He was at the bottom of the pool. And we pulled him out and he was dead. 28 years old on his honeymoon. Oh, my God. He was dead. That's dead fucking horrendous. Bottom of the pool. And that was it. We we dra- dragged him out. I, I pumped him. And then Shecky pumped him. Of course, we called the uh, yeah. whatever, whatever. Ambulance. And uh, they, they tried to revive him. And it was just, the man died. He was 28 years old. And I, his face is so... So, so much in front of me all the time. Really? I never forgot him. Horrible. Never forgot him. Just a, a sweet man, just lovable guy, just happy guy at the bottom of the pool. Ugh. What a terrible feeling. Heartbreaking. What terrible. Yeah. It was that whole time in my life, being at the, at the resort where Shecky was, I don't know, it's just didn't get any better and then he got pissed off at the band leader Manuelo why you why you know how to play the goddamn music why don't you play the Shecky shut up don't you know he was always mad huh yeah Manuelo was his name and he kept swearing at him I hate him he's terrible he's not terrible Shecky he's just playing a little music that we have nah he's you know he's always putting him down so finally Check. Uh, I'm quitting. I said, I'm quitting. What are you quitting? Where are you going? I'm quitting. I said, okay, you're quitting. And he quit. Yeah. And I was left out there by myself. He quit on stage? No, after the show. <laughs> okay. He quit. Yeah. And he says, I'm getting out of here. I said, okay. And that was that? And I was the star again. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I did the sticks and the bits and the things and the, you know, and he saw me. Jackie and, did. Yeah, and he said, "Hey, yeah, you're, you're not bad." Yeah. You know, uh, oh, yeah, I kept coughing. <coughs> you know, I got this cold. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be, I'll be back tomorrow night. Yeah. Well, 
I'll be back, uh, you know, with the show tomorrow night. He came back. Mm. After he quit? Yeah, he uh-huh. came back. Right. Yeah. He saw how great I was. And he, he just came back. He just... He didn't want to let you have yeah, it. No, he just... No, he just wouldn't let me get that those laughs. Uh-huh. And how'd you end up solo? How'd he end up solo? What happened? Okay, he... The, 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 I got a job in New Orleans at, at a lounge. How'd that happen? How do you get from... I don't know. Through an, through an agent, Paul uh, Paul Greer was his name. Did it end well at the Oakton Manor? Did it, no, the, he quit. He uh, was, you know, we left there after that. Yeah. After about a year. Yeah. We left. And I got a job in New Orleans at the uh, at, a, at a lounge. Uh-huh. And I was the hit, hit of the town. Everyone was coming to see me. The mafia, yeah. Every, everybody, Bobby, the mafia kick, the young guy. Yeah. Says, Sammy, I want you to come with me on this Sunday. I want to introduce you to my brothers. You know, hey, you're coming. You're yeah. So he's. I got in the limo. That one Sunday, we went out there and way, out, way, way, way. In New Orleans. In New Orleans, at this restaurant, and a whole bunch of guys were sitting around, like you see in the movies. Yeah. And he says, uh, Sammy, sit down and just keep quiet, you know, my brother's talking, you know. And you guys, you know, you guys are okay. You're doing all right. We got to make it a little bit better and keep the, you know, the, the stuff down and the, they don't know what we're doing, uh, whatever he was talking Yeah. I didn't know what he was talking about. And I, Bobby, his name was Bobby. Yeah. And he picked me up every Sunday. We'd go out there. To, to, to watch and to do it, whatever. Eat? Did you eat? Yeah, yeah, eat, you know, and just be part of that. And it was great for me. Was that the first time you, like, encountered the mafia? Because yeah. they, they ran show business, yeah, right? Yeah, they did. They, they did everything. He had nothing to do with the lounge. Right. And then check, and then, then the owner of the lounge said to me, Sam, you know anybody that could follow you in for a couple of weeks? You know, I don't have another comic like you, you know. You're so great. And I thought, well, I'm Shaky Green. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, Shaky Green, what a mistake that was. <laughs> I put Shaky Green in. Yeah. And he killed him. Yeah. He killed him in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. He was the comic. He lost, he, you lost your job? Yes, another job. That was it. He was... He was he was the guy. What was he doing? The improv stuff still at the beginning? Was he just riffing? What was no, he doing? No, he was, <clears throat> he had kind of an act. He would, yeah. you know, kibitz and, and bullshit the people. And, you know, he would, <clears throat> he would always just fool around with the people. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I did an act. Yeah. Straight know? up. Straight up. You didn't do crowd work? Yeah, a little bit here and yeah. there, you know. But whatever it was, it was great. They loved it. Yeah. I did great. And then. Shaky went in and he did greater. Uh huh. And the owner, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. I said, Bill, how long is Shaky going to be here? <laughs> he said, We don't know. He's doing great. Look at the room, it's packed. I yeah. said, Oh, okay. I left there and that was it. Then I got him a job. At another the Mar- job? Mar- I got him another job at the Martha Ray Supper Club in Florida. Martha Ray had a supper club. You went from New Orleans to Florida? Yeah. And I got him a job at the Mar- Martha Ray Supper Club in uh-huh. Florida. And that's where it started for him. Everyone was talking about Jackie Green. You're awfully nice to a guy that keeps putting yeah, you out of work. Well, <laughs> that's where I was. Yeah. And you're still and, friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah. He's, 
he said was supposed to meet me, and he nah, he's yeah, I don't I can't trust him anymore. Oh screw, yeah, screw him. Oh really? Now, now he's <laughs> at ninety. Is you finally drawing a line? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, but like after, so after New Orleans, like what was the what was the work like? Because you're now you're a guy. You're you're you got an act, and like there were no comedy clubs. It was all supper clubs. No, no supper and, clubs. And you just what? You had a booking agent that yeah, would run you I, anywhere. Paul Paul Marr was my booking agent. Yeah, and he booked all the comics and all the guys. So Paul booked me in a few rooms at a hotel and different places and I did, did great always did great were you headlining or usually yeah, kind of like semi headlining with the with the the star who was ever there like a singer sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah a singer and we stayed I stayed around there for a while and and um <clears throat> how'd you end up in Florida well I decided to uh, an agent called me from Florida my um Michael Morris and you're still in your 20s yes yeah mid 20s 25 and there's a lot of comics, right? People oh, yeah. forget that they're like, you know, they say there's a lot of comics now, but there were hundreds of them, right? Oh, God. They're all over the place. <laughs> they're all over the place. So Marvin Morris called me. Yeah. He said, Sammy, I heard about you and all that. You know, why don't you come down here? You could be, I'll be, you'll be able to work every night. I said, you're kidding me. He said, no, I, we got rooms all over the place. So I told my wife at the time, uh, Mitzi, uh, and... We moved to Florida. Did you have kids yet? Yeah, we had two kids. Now let's let's go back. So you met Mitzi at the at the club at no, the at no. the resort. What was she doing? She was just a kid, kind of kind of working. Yeah, as a secretary. Uh huh. I said, could you tap up some jokes for me? And uh, she said, sure. And she got got to the, oh, this was at a resort in Wisconsin. Yeah, Pine Point Resort. Oh, good. In Wisconsin before. The other is the yeah. resort. Yeah. And uh, and you were we, working there? Yeah, I was working there. Yeah. yeah. And no checky, just me. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, we got we got very close. And yeah. I gave her a bangada, bingada, bangada. Uh-huh. And, you know, she had, had two kids. Yeah. And I got, got, got married. You got married after the kids? No, we before. got before the, before the kids. Okay. And, That's uh, Sandy and Scotty, right? That was Scotty. Yeah. And was Sandy? Adorable. Sandy yeah. and Scotty, yeah. Then uh, P- Peter and yeah. then Paulie, yeah. But you had two kids when you were moved to Florida, yeah. And now was Mitzi? Did she work for you primarily? No, she was still at a resort. Yeah, she was still there. And then I uh, uh, got a job in Vegas. Oh yeah, Vegas. We're in Vegas wow. now. We're in Vegas. Maybe I can get a job. Here. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Is the owner? Is the owner? I can. I, we can introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> so after Florida, you went to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. After Florida, yeah, I went to Vegas with with Mitzi. Yeah, well, she was part of it. You know, she was like, I got to, at the Riviera Hotel. Yeah, I worked there uh, about once a month, and uh, and I started getting hot again. I really started getting. People were coming to see me, and they boy, a comic, you got to see this comic. In Vegas, here. I got here. in Vegas. I got yeah. And then Bill Miller, who was booking the International Hotel, which hadn't opened yet. Yeah. And also uh, the Riviera, which I worked. Yeah. He was booking both rooms. And he said to me, he said, Sammy, how would you like to open for Elvis? Mm-hmm. I said, bah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is in the 60s? Well, I'm going to come and have him come to see you. 
he and the Colonel Parker. I was at the uh, Flamingo Hotel uh -huh. Uh -huh. with Tom Jones. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how long are you open for Tom Jones? A while. Yeah, a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah, good guy. Still sings, probably. Yeah. Still sings. Through the, through the Colonel and Elvis and uh, Bill Miller came knocking at my door. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was them knocking at my door, looking at me. What's this, the mid-60s? Yeah, I think Something so. like yeah, that? Yeah. Uh-huh. And there's Elvis. Beautiful Elvis. Oh, God. His <laughs> shiny Elvis. Who was, he was gorgeous. Yeah. He's Emmy. I really like it. I think you're funny as Emmy. You're a funny guy. And uh, Bill Miller says, well, how would you like to open for Elvis in three weeks at the new International Hotel after Barbara Streisand, you know? I said, wow, I would love it. Yeah. You got it. And that was it. The beginning of the uh, the rest for me, it was like working with Elvis the year after I five years. Was five that, years you were out uh, here working yeah, with Elvis. Yeah. Still married. Yeah. And, uh, and she was out here? Mitzi was with you? Yeah, she was here. Yeah. I was, wasn't living here. Right. I was living in uh, L.A. at the time. I moved to L.A. from... Uh, from Florida? Florida. Because Sterling Silifond, yeah, who was a great writer, yeah, saw me at the St. Petersburg Hotel in St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah. And he liked me so much. He said, Sammy, he says, you got a, you got an acting, but you got a, you got, you got something here. Something is like not right here, you know? So he wrote me a part in Route 66, mm -hmm. you know, and I did it. At the, as as an engineer, I fell in the water. They got me out. Yeah, it was like it was it was a great part. Uh huh. And I got that part, and uh, I started getting other parts. I started getting you know not big parts, but parts that were right. You did Gomer Pyle, the Munsters. Yeah, I did a lot of them. A lot of them. Little sitcoms yeah, here and there. Yeah, just you know all over the place. And he's the guy that pulled you out to L.A. though to live here. And he wrote me that part, and he wrote me another part in another show I did. Um, he was incredible. But so, right, so then you're living, this is, a, I guess, what the, you moved to L.A. in the early 60s somewhere? Yeah. And you're doing all the little TV, yeah. and then you're doing the club dates in Vegas. Yeah. So you're living the good life as a yes. comic and actor. Very good life. You paid your dues, you did the yes. supper clubs, you did, yes. what did I hear that you were at a supper club somewhere and a guy got shot? Yeah. It was one of my first jobs at Danville, Illinois. Oh, I was out there doing with the girl. The girls were coming out later. Yeah, it was a strip joint. Yeah, and I'm doing it, and all of a sudden, bang, bang! You know, right in front of me. Yeah, the guy shoots a guy right, right in his face. Oh my God! I said, Mike, that's just what I said. Oh my God! Yeah, and I said, Well, 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 well stop everybody! And I picked up my horn. Hey, 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 Saturday night, yeah, 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 yeah. So you broke into an and Armstrong I, I, impression. I picked up my horn yeah. and played Louis Armstrong. Uh -huh. Saints go marching in. <laughs> yeah. Never forgot it. <laughs> and then everything died down and the police came and it was just, it and was And you stayed awful. on stage. I stayed on stage and did the rest of my act. I stayed through the whole night. That was the right thing to do, yeah, huh? Yes, it was. Yes. The owner must have been appreciative. Yeah, he did. He was a pre very appreciative. <laughs> That's a, I, I didn't even know who it was. I didn't know the owner. I didn't. Yeah, but the guy who, uh, it was a mafia thing probably, right? Yeah, yeah. $125 a week I got. 
at the, uh, it's the name of the supper club. I've forgotten. Yeah. I don't know. But you worked yeah. with a lot of people, like the Andrews sisters. You worked with a lot of people, I right? I worked with all of them. You name it, I've been there. Yeah. Diana Ross and the Supremes. Oh, yeah? Did the Hollywood Palace with them. Oh, yeah. If you can get the Hollywood Palace, you can just show a clip of me. Do my brother Sam, give me an amen, give me hallelujah. Right, that preacher bit. Preacher bit, yes. And you did a record with that. Yes, an album. Yeah. Yes, I did a record with that, and it didn't do very well. So you're coming to Vegas. Now you got, what, three kids, I imagine. Yeah. Before Paulie, the last kid. Yeah. So Mitzi's here living in where? Hollywood? Yeah. That's where your house was, and you're big going- Big house. Big house. What a big house. 138000 I paid for it. Not the one on Doheny? Yes. Oh, that one? Yes. Oh, yeah. Big house. That was nice. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and so you're going, you're living the life. Yeah. And Elvis is taking care of you. What was it like hanging out with him? Did you get any sense of, uh, he, of the- He was kind of with the guys, mostly. The guys he hung out with, you know. With Red and Sonny? Yeah, Red, the guys. Yeah. He was insulated, Dr. Nick? Yeah. Yeah. I just- so you didn't get, yeah. the, but he didn't seem like he was going down like he did, did he? No, not, not until later on. Uh, he started eating and drinking, and you know, just I said, "Elvis, what's going on?" You know, he said, "Ain't nothing, damn nothing." You know, he just, he just fell apart. And what was Colonel, uh, the Colonel Tom Parker like? He was, he wasn't a nice man. Yeah, but he was nice to me. Right, really nice to me. I just sit with him every night at the poker, at the uh, roulette wheel. I mean, at the roulette wheel at the you know all the gambling places. And, yeah, and he wouldn't give me any money. I would just watch him. Yeah, he would win and lose, and you know what's the matter with these bobby? Would these dice some never? They didn't seem close to him. <laughs> Says you play spin them dice, Sammy. <laughs> you know, and um, after about five years, then then that was it. You know, just had to leave. It's like. It's the end of the road for me. Well, what happened with that gig? Why'd you lose the Elvis gig? I thought that was a lifetime gig. No. What happened was I accepted a job in a lounge at the same hotel, the star in the lounge yeah. while I'm working with Elvis. And that was a real stand-up show. That was yeah, a comic yeah. show. That was a big, I had a tent built. I did Brother Sam bit, the whole thing. I yeah. Really, you know. Yeah. And I bombed. Yeah. It just wasn't, it wasn't for me. It was a big 700-seat room. And one day, uh, what's his name? The colonel, colonel yeah. the guy that was a road manager, he came to me and says, Sammy, he says, uh, uh, Elvis doesn't want you anywhere. He, says, he doesn't want anyone working a lounge uh, at the same hotel. You're fired. That was it. I had 16 weeks in the lounge after that. And, and he bombed the whole 16 weeks? No. I, oh, good. I did well. That was a smaller room. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and what did Mitzi say about all this? Was she still watching your career? Were you guys getting along? Yeah, we were. I was sorry I got married to her. Yeah? But you had a lot of kids. You had four kids. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do? Throw them out. <laughs> what am I going to do with the kids? You're sorry you got married to her? Why? Was she difficult? Yeah, yeah she was... She was a pain in the ass. Yeah? Yeah, she was... I mean, she's not well now, but she's just... I don't know, it's just... It was a sad ending, you know, it just... Uh, she wanted the house in Doheny, I gave her the house. She wanted this, I gave her that. And then she says, I want the comedy store. I said, what? Yeah, cause give, me, give me the comedy store, and I'll take $600 off the child support. I said, 600 bucks? 
I said, I was paying 1100 at the time. 600 bucks, yeah, well, that's, that was okay. That was that. Like a schmuck. Yeah. Like a schmuck. I gave her the comedy store. No strings attached. Nothing. Didn't make a penny from it. Could have at five, ten percent at the end of, you know. Yeah. Didn't, didn't take anything because I was stupid. I was a dumb Jew. Well, it made sense so financially at the time. Well, let's go to that. So you're in in L.A. What What is the birth of the comedy store? What was it uh, originally? <clears throat> I was doing a, a show for Sam Singer. Yeah. He manages Frank Sennis. Yeah. Who owned the Club Lido, owned a couple of places. Yeah. He was well, well known. In Hollywood. In, 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 in Vegas. Oh, in Vegas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I did this show for Sam Singer, and I did well, and he... He loved me. He said, "Sam, let me let me say something to you. We've got the club Lido. You know, it's a big nightclub down the street there. There's a lounge in there that uh, nothing's going on. We've singers and uh, it's just nothing, nothing happening. Nothing happens there. So why don't you go in there with you know, with your comedy friends and do stand up and you know and see what happens." So I said, "Jodo, okay." I met Frank Sennis. And he said, oh, go, 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 go do it. He was the owner? Yeah, he was the owner. He owned the, the, the Club Lido. He owned the whole, the whole building. Which was uh, the, now the comedy store. Yeah, well, which, the comedy store was part of the whole hotel. It was part, part of the Club Lido. Yeah. That was the, the, the smaller size. Right. And so the it was bigger a, size. It was the main room, right? The main room was uh, over there. Was yeah, Club Lido. And before that, uh, it was Ciro's years ago. There, yes. And then, it, like, who knows? This was, like, in, what, the 60s, late 60s? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So he said, look, go, do something with the lounge. Yeah. And you're like, all right. Okay, so I said to my friend Rudy, hey, Rudy, I got the lounge over at, you know, at Club Lido. You know, the loungers, it was, we could put some comics in there and do it. Do some stand-up. What do you think? Said, I don't know. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be, okay, let's try it. So I said, okay. So the next day, Rudy's in the club painting it black. Yeah. I said, what are you painting, Rudy? He said, I'm painting it black. It's black and it's dark. It's like, get it dark. It's like a, it's a nightclub color. It's perfect. I said, okay. He painted the whole club black. And then we had the booths. And April 28th, 1972, was the opening of the Comedy Store. And that was the beginning of my my downfall in a way, you know. It's like, that wasn't before Misty. This was like yeah, later on. But I... Uh, Who was on? Opened and I, got, I don't remember the guys. They were not well known. They were comics. We had about four or five comics and... A singer, we had a piano player, Larry played piano. And uh, and that was it. And Rudy invited all his writing friends and you know and that was that was a that was a big hit that night, April twenty seventh, nineteen seventy two. And you don't you didn't have a group of guys that was there all the time? What Craig no, T. Nelson? No, no, Craig came in later. Yeah. All the guys came in later. These were just uh, comics. Art, art, after about a year Art Singer, Art Singer, who, who managed Johnny Carson, yeah, came in to see see the show, yeah, and he liked me so much. He said, "Sam, you got something special here." So what do you mean? He says, "You know, 
the way you're working and the way you're, you know, why don't we do something and I'll bring in people from uh, the Jerry Lester show. He's going to close the show. He's going to close in a year or so. And then maybe they'll like you and you could do the, the Jerry Lester show. That was like big time already. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay. He hired writers. Yeah. We rehearsed every day. I had 10 writers. Jokes and this and that. For you to host a show. To host a show. And then we, we, that night came at the Hollywood Palace. He rented it out and all that. And had the people from from uh, the network, uh, the three guys, yeah, came to see me. Yeah, we did it from the start to the start of the the beginning of the show. They had Tony Orlando and Dawn. Yeah, and, and you know there a couple. I think one or two comics. I don't know. So we did an hour and a half, and after the show, the guys. From ABC, so yeah. No, it's not our kind of thing. Ah, and I didn't get it. And my kids were there watching. Mitzi was there, and uh, it was the end for me. That was it. That was what your big shot. That? Yeah, that was it. But you had the store though, yeah, right? I still had the store. Yeah. And how was that forming? Did you was that a popular place? Yeah, it was starting to get popular. It was starting to get a little busier, a little busier, a little busier. And then when Mitzi took it over, she changed the whole, the whole idea of the place. She changed. She was at the register with the with the money coming in, and 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 she booked the guys. So you Ray, you're on from nine to nine thirty. About nine thirty to quarter to ten, ten to fifteen. She had everything lined up. Yeah. You know, with the names and the things, and they went and did it, and it worked for her. It just seemed to work for her. And it got better and better and better and better. And this and, is before you guys split up. She was running the place. Yeah, she was running it. And, and yeah, I was on the road 16 weeks in Vegas. You were, yeah. yeah. And I came back and it was like, it was over with. It was a Mitzi showroom. It was yeah. Like, now, did she take your guys? Who were the guys that you put in there? Sure, yeah. Some of the guys, they were, they were not, nothing was well known. Craig came in later. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. No one knows he did stand-up. Yeah. Was he funny? Yeah, he was funny. He put you on yeah. coach, huh? Yeah. And who yeah. else was there? Bursky's father yeah. used to work the lot. Yeah. What was that yeah. guy's name? Alan Bursky's dad, yeah, right? Bursky's dad, yeah. He parked cars for you? Yeah. And Bursky and was hanging around? my son Scott parked cars, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so it was running well. It was starting to really... But by the time she took it over, did you get the whole building? How no, did that happen? No, no, you never no, had the whole no, building? No, never had the whole building. She took it over, and you got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then uh, she finally got the comedy store. She finally bought the comedy store. Bought the building? Bought the building. She bought this. She bought that apartment. She bought that house. She bought this. She bought that. She bought that. The whole area was brought up by Mitzi Shore. After you guys broke yeah, up? Yeah. She just was bright. She had, a, had an idea of what to do. And I didn't, and uh, she wound up with it, and she became very popular. And my name was never mentioned. You know, don't mention Sammy Shore. My name was put on the outside, Sammy Shore, with all the names. Yeah, like big deal. You know, so that was it for me. That was the end of the road for me. But you know. but was it though? I mean, you went. You kept working, right? Oh yeah, I work with all the stars. I, I, I went. Did back. you open for Tony Orlando? 
Yeah, I was working with Tony a lot. and <clears throat> Mostly Vegas? Vegas, Reno, Tahoe. All of uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes in, in Tahoe. Diana Ross, you know, at this hotel. Uh, uh, the, the, the girl that sang, We were only men. Diana Warwick. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I worked with it. And then Tony, uh, uh, Joey Bishop, put me on his weekly show to do a week. And I did a week. Yeah. It was rough. Rough. We show every night, you know, do a new bit, a new bit every night. And you're working for and a living, yes, doing the yeah, comedy. Yeah, every, and how's your relationship with the kids through all this? All the kids were okay. She was like really, really nasty. Yeah. With, oh, your dad is. He was like, yeah. Why'd she hate you so much? I don't know. I really don't know why she hated me so much. Yeah. I don't know. And when let's let's go back to to mention some names because I want to get your opinion of guys that you knew, like uh, from your generation. Like when you opened the uh, when you opened the store, did you get guys like Buddy Hackett working no, there ever? No, no. Did no. you know Buddy? No. He's funny guy though, right? Very funny guy. And, but you knew Jackie Leonard, right? Jackie Leonard, yeah. Yeah, like he but was he, the, what? He was just a friend. That's yeah, it. yeah. But good comic, right? Yeah, a lot good, of people don't know comic. him. Got great, great comic. Yeah. Did he help yeah. you out? Kinda. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. He kind of said a couple things to me that made a little sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then Checky came uh, to L.A. and then he was, you know, quite well known. And he was. He did D. Buddy. Martin thing. He was on D. Martin show yeah, a lot. Yeah. He was Checky became a star. Checky. Yeah. In Vegas, to make a hundred thousand a week. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was like, oh. And when I went to see him at the Riviera, I was working with Elvis at the time. Yeah. He whacked me when he saw me. He hit me. Yeah. And knocked me down. Yeah. I said, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, you son of a bitch, you didn't come to see me. I've been here for two weeks. He said, what are you talking about? I was, I've got, I got a job with Elvis. I got to work it every night. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking? Oh, you're full of shit. Ba -ba 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 -ba. <laughs> you know, he just ruined it for me. Just. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he just. It's sad, huh? Yeah. And what about Milton Berle? You had a relationship with Milton? Yeah, with Milton. Milton got me into the Friars Club. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the Friars Club was really something. In L.A.? Yeah, L.A., yeah. Good time? Every, I went there every day. Yeah. Sat with Milton as he talked to racers. Yeah, no, but not that. I don't want that horse. I want... Be, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the horse. Shut up, Sammy. <laughs> and it was, just, it was just a great time. Who else was time. hanging around then? Yeah, I was hanging with the comics, Norm Crosby. Yeah. And all the guys were just their wonderful red buttons, Jan Murray. They were just a great bunch of guys. Jan Murray was funny. I yeah, see, like was. as a kid, I'm I'm 52, but I just remember seeing him on the game shows. You would see red buttons. You see all these guys on the roasts, but they'd already had their time as yeah. like these great comics. Yeah. And I don't think people really remember them that no, well. No, no, no. But Jan, did you know uh, like Freddie Roman and those yeah. guys? Not really, but later I got to know them later on. Yeah, you know I got friendly with them, and you know went to New York, and I went to the Fries Club, and yeah, got friendly with Freddie and Dick Dick Capri and all that. Oh, guys. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Mousy Lawrence. Mousy Lawrence was great. Yeah, yeah. Alan King. Alan King, and oh God, he was. Just, you like hanging around those comics, huh? Yeah, it was just great. It was well, that, some of those guys. It was, what? It was a great time for and, me. And some of those guys have been around for like since Hanson's Drugstore. Yeah. I mean, they're all the same guys, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, they were just, they were wonderful. They were, they were good to me. What about Red Fox? Because he had a club, Red right? Fox, Red Fox had a club in L.A. Yeah. And he would always come and work for me. 
at the comedy store. He'd walk in, and yeah, I'd say, "Ladies and gentlemen, we got." Well, I'd put him on right away. Yeah, get the cut, cut the comic short, and blah blah blah. Was He's great, funny, right? Funny. Oh, funniest guy in the world. Oh, funny, 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 funny. Oh God, no one like a nice guy no, or great guy, great guy, just a wonderful man. And he got screwed at the end. They took everything away from him. He did? Yeah, because he owed the government and taxes, and they took his house away. They took his furniture. They took everything away. No kidding. And a year later, he died. Yeah, he was just... Fucking show business, yeah, huh? Yeah, show business. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, at that time, at this, like, like some of the guys... You like show business? I'm, I'm starting to like it less. Less. <laughs> I, I romanticize it, you know, and, and I'll tell you honestly, you know, me hanging around with comics, I've been doing comedy over half my life, and I love hanging around with comics. And they're yeah. some of the, the, the brightest, funniest guys. You know when you're hanging around them. You got a shorthand. You talk. You're always going to hear some brilliant shit. And I love comics, but the business is brutal. It's brutal. It's a heartbreaking business for most people. You're right. And you found that out at 52. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that's good for you. You found it out early in your life. Yeah. You know, that you found it out just at the right time. Yeah. You don't know exactly what to do with that information because yeah. <laughs> you're pretty far in already. Yeah, you're in, but still, there's a, a way to get out of it. There's a step you take, get away from the, the, all the bullshit. Yeah. And then you come in, yeah, yeah, bah, 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 right, right, right. Yeah. And, then and then you go out. So you had, you had a way yet. You have this show. Yeah, this works. Show's doing well. Things work. And you're in and you're out and you're. In and out, and that's it. That's well, you can perfect. sort of be your own guy now a little more. Yeah. Back in the day, like it just seemed like it was a smaller business, and there, you know, people could make stars, and those guys would stick. And then you didn't know what was going to happen with the rest of people. That happens now, but there's a lot more outlets. There's a lot more ways. Work, you work an angle. You may not be a big star, but you can work an angle. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, like, you know, I got this podcast. I didn't know how the hell this was going to make money. And then it sort of worked out for me. And I don't have a boss. And I do okay. And I do stand up. And I get a, you know, a nice draw on the road. But I'm not a huge star. But I do all right. And yeah. you got to accept that at a certain point. You're right. You're right about that. You're 52. You're right in the middle of it. Yeah. You're right right there. Just at the. Now you got to make that move. You got to. I got to, you know. Try to put some shit away so I don't. Yeah. You know. Yeah, doesn't end too sad. It's a tough way. It's a tough way with all the comics today. There's so many comics, and every other kid is a comic, right? The for the caliente soda potato, caliente the guy, it's all you know. You don't know what they are, what they. But wasn't it always like that, or no? In the early days, yeah, there was the red buttons and Milton Berle's and those guys. They knew what they were doing. Uh huh. They had an act. Yeah. And they went out and did their act. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. And they, re- they rewrote stuff. Yeah. And did another act. Yeah. And rewrote another act. So they were writers too. Right. So they were always writing material for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they got, and the guys that couldn't write, I, I wrote some, but I just couldn't really get over the hump to write more stuff for myself. Right. And I just, you know. Just stagnated? Yeah, just kind of like. And you never wanted to hire writers? You had yeah. all these comics around you. You could have yeah, thrown someone a bone. I don't know. It just it just just yeah. flew away. It just and then I had this operation. A bump, but a bump. You have some music you can play here. Sure. Bump, I'll, I'll, I'll roll it in. Yeah. Bump, but a bump, 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 bump. What's wrong, Sam? What's wrong? <laughs> what was the operation? We have uh, you have a, a a valve 
that is not doing well, uh-huh. and we have to go in and replace the valve. You're kidding me. No, we're not kidding. We show you on the screen, and the, they took me in the in the office, and they showed me that the the valve was in your heart. Yeah, it's part, part of the heart. Yeah. So I went in. Yeah. Kibitz all the way uh-huh. to the operating room. Uh huh. Of course. Kib, Kib didn't <laughs> yeah. stop a minute. Sammy, shut up. Yeah. Then I finally got to the doctor, and he was a good friend of mine. Are you going to do What are you going to do? He just shut up, Sammy. Yeah. Whatever it is. Well, you're scared, right? And I came out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I came out of it, and I never shut up since then. <laughs> I, never, I never became anything after that. After everything stopped, no one wanted Sammy Shore. He was too old. And uh, he's uh, not, you know, not there anymore. He's like, he, he, he walks with a walker. He walks with a walker? Yeah. Are you doing Mark show with a walker? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I came up with a walker. Where but is the, it? Oh, it, it's right it's in back. back of me. Yeah, walker. And I walk, uh, I've had it for two years now. And and it's like, my friend, he like, I don't need it. I can still walk and do what I do. But it's that one time that just fall, I can't get up. Really? There'd be no, no way I could get up. Once you fall, once I fell, yeah, there was there, there was you'd have to help me. It was it was so hard to get up. It was a, the ending, yeah, for my comedy career. Really, did you fall on stage? No, I That's fell. Good. Getting out of a car, uh-huh. getting out of the car yeah. at the temple during the holiday. Yeah, whacked my head against the, uh. and the the they came and they put me in the way the thing and they took me to the hospital and whatever. Then two weeks later, I fell again in front of the comedy store. No, not in front of the uh, the Gold's Gym. I whacked my head on the thing, and and that was that was it. That was. Um, well, you're still pretty uh, lucid. Uh, oh yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm lucid with people that I like. Mm-hmm. You know, what what are, what are those things you're taking? Uh, the nicotine lozenges. Are like, they nicotine? Yeah, thing? yeah. Do they help you? Yeah, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really help you, Mark. I mean. They, I don't smoke. I haven't smoked in a decade, but I like eating these. So I can, that's how I medicate. That's how you never got into the drugs or the booze, no, huh? Never. That's well. You seem you no. seen a lot of people around you, huh? Oh God! Kill everybody. Kill everybody is right. Now, how about like I see your son Paulie a lot, and I I see Peter too. I talk to Peter, but uh, you know Paulie sort of is, is interesting because you know he's he's really the only one that followed your footsteps yes and uh and he seems to have a lot of uh, love for you and you guys get along all right right when i work with him yeah i a, f- a couple of years ago i worked with him a lot uh-huh. every other room i was kill the people yeah know? sometimes it took him 10 minutes to get going uh-huh because i was funny you're, you know? <laughs> you're blowing him off stage yes yeah then as i got you know uh sicker you know i just couldn't work couldn't work anymore so i just Stopped working with him, and and I got the Laugh Factory. We're at the Laugh Factory. Yeah. It's the Laugh Factory. Yeah, right? this is the Laugh Factory, yeah. I used to work here. Yeah. And I killed here. And then one night I fell. Yeah. I fell right on the stage, and I couldn't get up. And they came up, and they helped me up. And Did I, you hurt yourself, or you just well, kept, kept it was going? Just, you know, just... Jarring, huh? Yeah. It was just... It was sad for me in front of the people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... uh they picked me up and they took me backstage and I was okay. I was just, is this the, is this it? Is this the end? Yeah. And I always liked to, 
Oh, what's it like the Laugh Factory? The Laugh Factory. I get. I gave Jamie Masada his first job as a, as a waiter at the Comedy Store. No shit. Jamie Masada was my waiter at the Comedy Store. Uh huh. And he loved me, and I loved him. And when he opened the the, the, the Laugh Factory, I helped him. I, I I helped. When it was like just a hallway, yeah, just almost a, it's hall, a little just teeny a little. room. And then Paulie said to me, "Dad, I gotta work. I'm gonna work the uh, the Laugh Factory because Mom doesn't want me to work the the, the comedy show because I'll bomb, and you know, <laughs> it was bombing for her. So he went and worked, and Jamie Masada was very, very good to him. You know, he worked there, and he did well, and uh, he went on from there. And uh, well, he I, used to work at the store when he was a kid, but she'd give him a hard time, huh? Yeah, she would just, you know." She was hard on people. I was a yeah, doorman she, there when I was a kid. It was rough. She was scary to everybody. Yeah, she was like, she wasn't a nice person. Uh-huh. I found out later she wasn't a nice person with the comedy store. But you were married to her for years. Yes. And you, I didn't see that side of her. Really? No. Never saw that that vicious side of her, you know, the, yeah. when she became queen of sunset. Yeah. I mean, I looked at her like, whoa, what is that? With her feather boa, <laughs> yeah, with her, uh, yeah, yeah, the snake, yeah. You know, she was just, and she would tell comics, "You're not funny." Yeah, so, you know, just forget it. Just forget about it. Don't come back here anymore. Uh huh. You can't say that to a comic who's trying. Uh huh. You know, maybe later on he'd be, he would be funny. It happens. It happened, it happened just the way it happens. Sure. And uh, she wasn't very. But real. you didn't have to have any real contact with her, I guess. No, after no. Yeah. And I gave her the store and she just, the rest is history. Yeah. Do you, are all the kids in touch with you? Oh, yeah. Talk to kids. Scotty came up. The Father's Day last yeah. week and Paulie came up. Oh, good. Yeah. And my daughter called me. She I'm close to my kids. So do you do, you do any more stand-up or yeah. is this it? I'm looking for jobs. Yeah. Hey, hi. <laughs> He's ready to work. Uh, He's ready to work. Are you the owner? Are you the owner? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, listen, could you give me a day or two? <laughs> oh, um, he hired me. Wow. Talk to Harry Basil. Yeah, Basil. He's a, he, there's a, there's a nice man. Yes. That is a very nice man. Mm-hmm. For him to do this for us. Yeah. For you. Yeah. You know, to put this in this room where, you know, they have a four o'clock show and Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, what time is it? Uh, it's 3.20. See? Pretty soon. We, yeah, we gotta, We have to end this. Yeah, what the hell is it? What's the 4 o'clock show? Who the hell wants to do that show? Oh, he has, he has people do it. Yeah, stand-up, huh? Yeah, he has uh, stand-up, and then he does his crazy show. Yeah. Do you like Vegas? Yes. I like Vegas because it gives old people a, a place to go, and, and I go to the... The the Red Rock Hotel and watch the big screen with the with the sports and shit. Oh yeah. Oh, you got. I said, Suzanne, you got to take me. And okay, what time? Well, okay, I'll take. She buys me a hamburger. Or whatever. And you just sit there. And I sit there for two three hours. When basketball was on, forget about it. I was there every day, yeah. every day to watch the playoffs, to watch the the Golden State, the, the LeBron. The, yeah, I was nuts. I was crazy. You just take. But it. I wanted to see. I wanted Golden State to win again, and they lost. Yeah. So that was my love. That's that's my my outside activity. Uh, but I would like to get back into uh, into stand up. I could do it, you know. But just that standing on the stage is like. 
I don't know. If I, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just. Well, that's why you got this, the last man sitting. You do it like yes. Don Rickles. I saw Don Rickles. He sits now. He sits now? Yeah. yeah, he sits with the cane. I saw him in Montreal uh, two years ago. Really? He sat. And he sat there and he did it. He sat there with the band behind him and almost like a throne. And wow. he had his cane. And he just told the stories. He's wonderful, Don. He is something, huh? Yeah, he is something. Yeah, I, I like Don. He was a nice man. Always a nice man. All the guys were nice. Uh, Freddie Roman was like, yeah, I don't know, he's like New Yorkish and Dick Capri, and uh, those guys were nice guys. Yeah. But Freddie was like, eh, yeah, I don't know. You can never get the new material, though, huh? Uh, never built the act out. No. Never, never. I would always get a new bit here, a new bit there. Though. You know, it was always something. It was always, uh, if I can go back 50 years, 60 years, start over hmm. where could I work can't same work places the, I can't work the comedy store no, you can't work the all guy. the places that I used to work are no longer there yeah they're all closed they're shut yeah, down yeah yeah it's all it's done yeah. it's finished yeah it's there if I could go back to hey how about huh can I work there you know, <laughs> I'm hired he hired me wow well you, you, you seem like you have a nice wife Oh, she's she's the best, and you know you seem pretty good in good, good spirits. Oh, she's good. She's the she buys me everything. All this, all these outfits that I wear. I like it. You know, and I bought her a five thousand dollar diamond. That's ring. very nice. Yeah, it's a you know sort of a wedding kind sure. of. Sure. You know, and she's just she can't, she gets angry at times, but. She's just a special girl. She really sure. is. Well, they she get angry, Miss, you know, because old cranky was, Jews are old cranky Jews. She was, she, she was Miss Alabama mm. when she was 17 years old, mm -hmm. driving in the car and the mm -hmm. whole thing. Oh, yeah. Miss Alabama. You got a Southern now, Belle. Yes, I got a Southern Belle. She's, she's a wonderful woman, and she, all she does is care about me. Mm. Sammy, don't, know, don't, know, don't. <laughs> Take the walk, walk. You can walk. I could, no, I could, no. Take the walker, God damn it. I'm not going to pick you up if you fall off. Get pick an, you up. That's the name of her memoir. Take the walker, God damn it. Yeah, I'm not going right. to pick you up. Let her write that that's book. That's right. That's it. Well, it was great talking to you, Sammy. Hey, Mark. It's I, I, I used to watch you at times. I never met you until today, and I'm really happy for you. Thank you very much. I'm really happy for what you're doing you're doing a lot you're doing well thank you so much it's, and it's very it was an honor to meet you thank you finally Bye. all right that was something that's the uh, that was a piece of the puzzle of the dark and luminous the darkly illuminating history of the comedy store and stand-up comedy in modern america go to wtfpod.com for all your wtf needs uh, check my tour dates. As it stands now, I am I am scheduled to do two dates in North Carolina upcoming, and you know I thought maybe things would shift a little politically there, but it seems like on some level they've gotten even more heinous. So I'm going to be uh, looking for a charity to donate the proceeds of my shows to for, for something proactive. I don't know that I feel like denying the fans I have or people that might want to hear me talk down there that opportunity, but I will be giving the proceeds a charity of my choice and i'll figure out what that is before those dates uh i can't do any guitar i can do some mouth jazz which is occasionally what i do uh in hotel rooms let's see if i've got the mojo da, 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 da. 
Boomer lives. <laughs>